Industry Regulation Amendment Bill. The bill aims to regulate the financial accountability and foreign ownership of such companies, and uh, it's been described, uh, or at least the decision has been described, as an ambush. Joining me on the line, Chairperson of the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee on Police, Annalise van Weg. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. This is an industry employing uh, around uh, around 1 million people in the country. Uh, what's the aim of this bill, really? The aim of the bill, first of all, is to ensure better regulation of the industry. And um, if you look at the bill, um, you would see that we have made quite a number of changes that we would, uh, believe would be um, making FIRA as the regulating authority a far more effective authority. Uh, we have strengthened their reporting lines. We have strengthened the way that they deal with the industry. Um, they, one of the complaints during the public hearings from the industry was that the um, authority does not communicate with them and that they do not have an opportunity to um, engage. And we have strengthened that. Another problem and uh, that was expressed was around the issues of finances of the authority. That we have strengthened and we have put in place that the authority needs to operate along the PFMA. Um, uh, the PFMA. Uh, many of the industry regulators saying, well, the question of ownership is what concerns them, uh, saying there must be at least a 51% ownership by South African citizens and private security firms operating in the country. Why is that the case? I think let's go back. Um, the industry must look at the amendment that has been um, adopted yesterday. When the bill was first introduced, the industry did express their concern around that. We have taken that in consideration. And the way that it is expressed now makes it uh, clear that um, it, uh, security companies who are currently um, in existence will have to um, reach that point of a 51% um, South African-owned um, in, uh, industry. The, the, the way that it's going to be done, I think, is the important thing. If you look at the transitional arrangements, the transitional arrange make, uh, arrangements make it quite clear that what we need to see is that the Minister of Police does this um, it, along the guidelines of our bits agreements as well as our um, any legislation that might protect ownership. So I think that is the important part. So, so before anybody starts it's talking, and I heard in your introduction, ambush, I think we, we really need to look at that. Uh, I think there is unnecessary who are about this whole thing. Um, it is in the interest of South Africa um, that we take our security, um, even our private security, to be in the hands of South African citizens. South Africa is one of the few countries in the world that actually do have outside ownership within this industry. Um, when um, in his introduction into the bill, the minister also indicated to the committee um, about the fact that some of the other countries were surprised to hear, the ministers of police in other countries surprised to hear, that we actually do have this. Um, the other issue is if you look at, for instance, the UK, the UK um, exports private security, but they do not allow the import of private security. Um, they were actually, through a court cases, it changed so that they now allow countries from the European Union to have um, private security companies within the UK. Annalise. Security... Mm. Mm. Thanks so much Sorry? for joining us. Annelies van Weg, I appreciate your time. The chairperson of the Parliament's Portfolio Committee on Police. So let's get some reaction from this. We've got the legal representative for the private security companies, Martin Hood, on the line. Good morning. 
Morning, Jackson. Well, what's your reaction to this? They're saying they're not really doing this to hurt the industry. It merely falls within the ambits of the law. And, uh, well, the other role players uh, globally do the same thing. Well, it concerns me when we get spin uh, to try and justify something that is blatantly unconstitutional. I've got news for Ms. Van Weyck, and that is that most countries of the world allow foreign security operators to operate in those countries. So to say that very few other countries do that is just a complete misrepresentation. There is a, com- there is a company that operates in South Africa. It's a Swedish company that operates in at least 60 other different countries in the world. So that in itself just completely puts by the wayside what Ms. Van Weyck has said. In addition to that, I'm tired of these statements, these platitudes, For example, it's in the interest of South Africans that the private security industry is owned by South Africans. Tell us why. And this is the point that the security industry made when this issue was raised again last year. And that is the minister said it's it's, um, a threat to national security. Now, every piece of legislation has to have a rationale. It has to have a reason. The Constitution requires that there must be a reason to pass legislation. So we said to the minister... Tell us why it's a threat to national security. Nothing. Not a whisper. Again, now the chairperson of the committee says it's in the interest of South Africans that the industry be owned by South Africans. Tell us why. Don't just make these statements. There are constitutional issues involved here. Martin, this is a 50 billion rand industry. How much could we threaten that industry through this act? Can I give... I just want to give a simple example. There are companies listed on the stock exchange that own security companies. Now, the stock exchange is, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange is renowned throughout the world for its very good regulatory framework. Now, if this is passed into law, government has to go to the Johannesburg Stock Exchange and say, chaps, we're terribly sorry, but there are some shares in security companies that are traded publicly on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. You must go and get those shares back because they're not owned by South Africans because anybody can purchase shares that are traded on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. So you must go and get those shares back and you must tell the rest of the world that the Johannesburg Stock Exchange no longer is a proper stock exchange because government can come along and tell the stock exchange what it should do with its publicly traded shares. What message does that send to investors throughout the rest of the world? In a time when we have a very, very precarious economy, this government is sending yet another message that it's policies override economic considerations. Is, is it, uh, are you getting a sense that we're playing politics ahead of an election period? I don't think that this is a, uh, a political issue geared expressly towards um, uh, the elections next year. I think that it's paranoia on the part of government that wants to consolidate its political power and f- feels, and I say feels because it's an emotion not based on fact, it feels that the private security industry may in some way threaten it, which it doesn't. What about the prevalence of, of those unaccounted for firearms and ammunition in the hands of some of these mushrooming private security companies? Isn't well, that again, worrying? show us the evidence. And if, there is, if that is indeed the case, and there may well be isolated incidences, that is a failing of both the police and the private security industry regulatory authority. And there's no need to take away ownership of foreign ownership of parts of security companies in order to control arms and ammunition. The two are not linked in any way.
Martin Hood, the legal representative of the private security companies. 23 minutes after 7. We're back after this. AM Live.